Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm joined by my very good friend, Scarlett, and we're going into the basic fundamental principles of meditation and mindfulness. And this is the perfect podcast for anybody that's wanted to delve into meditation or mindfulness but didn't know where to begin. But before we go into today's episode, as always, if you take any value from today's episode, please like and share it with a friend. Help us spread the message and help as many people as possible. If you take anything from this show and you think someone could benefit, please just give it a quick share. Greatly appreciate it to help us again, help as many people as possible. So Scarlett, for those of you that don't know, She's the founder of Thrive Therapies and Coaching, which is a person-centered, integrative approach to therapy and coaching. She's also an experienced counselor, life coach, clinical hypnotherapist, and neuro-realistic programming practitioner who has worked within the NHS mental health sector for over 10 years. She's also a practicing Buddhist as part of a Sangha, which is a Buddhist community, and you'll find out a lot more about that today. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and I'm joined again by my very good friend, Scarlett. We don't even know, people don't even know what we're talking about yet today. They don't have a clue. <laughs> they don't have a clue. We've been talking off air. So again, as, as I said, you don't know what we're talking about today. So today we're talking uh, about meditation. So again, those of you that listen to a man of Scarlett's podcast before, um, we go massively off tangent and off target. I'm actually, Joe you know what? I'm actually setting my stopwatch so we can know how long we're going for. Just set my stopwatch, just so we know. Um... So this is the first podcast I've ever done without show notes. And I'll just send this to Scarlett because me and Scarlett, we know we're going to talk about today. It's all about meditation and the power of meditation. So for me, meditation literally changed my life. And I talk to people about meditation all the time. So I basically wanted someone that's uh, a lot more uh, in the know with meditation as in like the practical applications of it and all that sort of stuff. Because obviously that's what she does as a job. She teaches it. So I basically wanted to give people, uh, people give you guys, um, an insight into meditation and at the end of this podcast we're actually going to do a guided meditation so Scarlett's actually going to take me through a guided meditation that you guys can uh, join in while you're listening to the podcast but that'll be at the end obviously if you listen to this and you're driving make sure you don't do it while you're driving make sure you go home and do it but it'll be there for you guys to, to go through again so I don't know where to begin with this Scarlett. It's such a massive topic isn't it and I suppose this morning I was uh, sat thinking to myself after I was um, meditating about the difference between mindfulness and meditation as well. Yeah. Because I wondered if that might be something that you asked me about. So it just, it kind of got me thinking about it, which... You, you give me far too much credit. <laughs> oh, you weren't going to ask me. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, you know I'm sure at some point that my brain would have clicked in and been like, oh yeah, what is the actual difference? Obviously, I... I so I started out doing um, mindfulness. So I started off my whole... I said journey. Like, it wasn't really a journey. I just know that... Um, I've always wanted to do meditation and I basically started off doing a mindfulness course. It was pretty cool. So basically a yoga instructor, it was at a studio, it was absolutely awesome. It was an eight week mindfulness course and it basically taught you loads of different ways to meditate. So I got mindful walking, which you mentioned on the last podcast, um, sitting down, lying down, there's loads of different ways of doing it and it was absolutely awesome. But then I didn't use it at all after I did that course and then the depression hit like three years after that. So basically I had the tools but I'd never really understood it, if that made sense. And I always yeah. tried to do I always tried to meditate and I couldn't do it. And I get so pissed off because I just couldn't turn my brain off. I literally could not turn my brain off. And, it, and this, this is the biggest thing that I get for people when they say about meditation. Like, oh, yes, I'd love to meditate, but I just can't turn my brain off. 
But then this is the whole point for me that I've learned about meditation is meditation is not about turning your brain off. It's about listening and the awareness of your thoughts. Like you can't turn your brain off. If you turn your brain off, you die. So it's not about that. It's about just sitting and being and observing your thoughts. That's absolutely it. And I suppose for me, um, you know, when I was thinking about the difference, mindfulness is kind of the quality that we bring to meditation. So meditation for me is the practice, but mindfulness is the, the kind of quality and the textures of the mind that we bring to that practice in order to, you know, to have meditation. Um, so what, do you class, what, is, what would you class as mindfulness then? What would you, so for people that have not, no idea what mindfulness is, because people would have heard of it, so people would know what meditation is, people would know what mindfulness is, but they maybe didn't know there's a difference between the two. So for you, what would you, if you had to give like a definition of like what is essentially mindfulness, what would you, what would you class that as? I think mindfulness for me is about that quality of mind um, and kind of a way really that we can be in our life so a way that we can inhabit our lives in a really positive way you know um i often say to people we're called human beings but the development of um the western world would become human doings so we're constantly on the go we're constantly in our heads we're constantly either in the future or we're back in the past um, and mindfulness is about coming to the present moment but being in our lives in that way so you know, people will say to me, oh, I can't do mindfulness or I find it really difficult. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of standard. You know, our lives, particularly in, in the Western world, aren't set up for a mindful state. You know, I remember um, a while back doing a retreat um, and following the retreat. So it was a silent retreat, being in silence for four days um, and very ridiculously planned straight afterwards to go to London. Um, oh, for a wow. few days yeah wow. that was um, a really interesting experience London's bad so- at the best of times especially if you've like gone like off the radar a bit like unplugged yourself to then yeah. get straight into the deep end it was it was awesome planning in a way because it, I just brought a very different quality of me to to London that weekend but um I just remember it was like everybody had ramped up on speed you know they were just yeah. helling around Nobody made eye contact. People were doing 10 things at once. And I suppose we've been deemed, um, you know, kind of successful based on how much we can achieve and how much we can do. We have this phrase, multitasking, Mm. um, you know, and, oh, I'm really successful because I can do this, this and this all at the same time. Um, And I suppose when I'm working with mindfulness, for me, it's about that unitasking. So just focusing on one thing. So... Mm. You know, for instance, I know in my previous podcast, I've um, confessed to having a mindful we in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be news to people that have perhaps <laughs> never tuned in before. But, um, you know, that, that sense of when I'm having a mindful we, I'm just having a mindful we. So my mind w- might want to go off into the story of what comes next. So oh, I'm going to go downstairs, I'm going to do this, da, 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 da. But it's about coming back to that present moment you know, I have no control over what's going to happen in five minutes, in five seconds. I do have control over what's happening right now, though. And that is another quality of mindfulness is, is that sense of being in the present moment, because mm. we are so conditioned for being either in the future, which is anxiety, or being back in the past, which is kind of related to depression, you know, that kind of sense of dwelling and, and regretting and um, kind of ter- re 
to you, so to, it's almost like uh, mindfulness is again being mindful. Obviously, it's like being mindful, but like being present in the moment. But then meditation is more of like a in depth, almost like a um, like, like the real thing. If that makes sense. So you want to actually spend a specific amount of time, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, twenty, whatever it is, an hour, just being very specific about being mindful. So like mindfulness is like everyday sort of you're trying to be in the present moment you're trying to experience life as it is but then meditation is a very conscious effort of no i am taking i'm unplugging myself deliberately for a set amount of time is that almost like the difference between the two i think you could ask a hundred people what the difference is and you'd get a hundred different responses yeah um and maybe if you asked me on different days you'd get different responses because it's, a, it's kind of, it's something that really evolves. I mean, mindfulness is that quality. So it's practicing that quality of mind where you are open. Mm-hmm. You experience openness, awareness, non-judgment. And there's a word that we use in our, in our um, Buddhist practice, which is discernment. And that's about building wisdom, really. But that wisdom comes through the practice of mindfulness, seeing things as they are, not kind of as they appear or as we want them to be, seeing it as it is. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult because most of the time we're so attached to things in life. We want things to be a certain way or we wish things weren't a certain way. And again, mindfulness is bringing that quality of seeing it as it is, experiencing it as it is, mm. um, which is really tough for people, you know, and, and something. Yeah, a lot of people make an assumption because I have this practice that I've got it nailed. Um, you know, oh, you've got you've got it sorted. You know, you're just on your little cushion, being all mindful and calm and peaceful. You know, the reason why I take to my cushion is because I am a human being like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I make a choice to practice mindfulness. But it's then, I guess, it's a depth then of taking that further into meditation. You know, when I'm in meditation. I'm using that quality of mind, which is mindfulness within that sitting, within that practice, or even, you know, a walking meditation. Mm. So, you know, I will often go into fields. Um, you're, doing, you're doing a lot off. of that. You're doing a lot of that at the minute, aren't you, walking fields? Yeah, I mean, I'm really fortunate. I'm really fortunate that I live literally out my back door. Is, Did you is find the, the zoo? Did you find that zoo? I've not found the zoo, but I am aware now there is a zoo near me, so, which um, I find baffling. When I did the very first podcast with Scarlett, uh, I used to live, uh, so Scarlett lives up near Lincoln, so I'm not going to give the exact address away, but uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to live uh, in Newark, which uh, isn't far away from uh, from Lincoln. So I'd actually been to this zoo that is literally five minutes, if that, down the road from where Scarlett lives, and she had absolutely no idea that it was there. And uh, yeah. I literally had to prove it to her on Google Maps. So uh, she basically said the next day she's going to go out walking and try and find this uh, this zoo. So that's what we're talking about there. It's a bit of a private inside thing, like just walking with lions, just casually, just well, mindful actually, walking. I walked in that direction, but I forgot, if I'm honest, about going to the zoo. wasn't being mindful. You weren't being mindful um, at all. No, I, um, I did find an abbey though. And so where I found this abbey, I actually went um, and did some mindful walking there. So... Um, for me, when I'm practicing mindful walking, it's really important that I'm really connected to the earth. So shoes off, bare feet. And the same with the, the practice I have with um, my Buddhist group is when we're doing mindful walking, it's about feeling connected to the earth. So shoes off, feet to the floor. Um, and I use a practice. So initially to ground me, I use a practice of um, here and now. 
So mm-hmm. my left foot is called here and my right foot is called now. So with each step I'm taking, I'm going here, now, here, now. You know, the mind wants to wander. So the mind will crop up with maybe a thought about something I've got to do or a thought about something I did yesterday. And it's about bringing it back, bringing it back to that present moment. You know, people get so frustrated with mindfulness. And then I hear all the time, I can't do it. It's too hard. It's too difficult. My mind just is too busy. It just wanders. Yep. That's what the mind does. And this is what I said. I think I commented on the last podcast. I can't remember if I said it off air to you, whatever it was. I've said it definitely to you before. It's about um, when people get frustrated with that. Because again, you you say with the use your feet left uh, here now here now. I just use the breath. So I obviously when I meditate, I don't tend to do mind, when I do mindful walking. I'm mindful of what's going on. If that makes sense, like I don't yeah. tend to use my feet. I just literally have no music on, and I'm just very I'm observant of what's going on around me. Normally in nature, I'm like, what can I see? I like to just be present about what I can actually see. But when I'm actually meditating, like sat down meditating, I'm a little meditation cushion. Like for me, I use my breath. But like yeah. I said, when it when it wanders it's meant to wander. Your mind is, is allowed to wander. Like there's a whole point of it. It's yeah. going to wander. And this is where people get frustrated. But actually every time you bring it back, you're getting better at the practice. And I, the analogy I use about it, it's like being at a gym. Like every time you bring it back, you're completing a rep and the more reps you yeah. do, the better you're going to get at it. Cause again, the mind is a muscle. So you have to work yeah. the mind. Like you're going to want, as soon as you sit there to start off with the first time you meditate, you're going to be so stuck and confused. And for me, I think that's why guided meditations always best to start out with for my again you could tell me completely otherwise but for mm-hmm. me like when i first started i couldn't meditate by myself i had to be guided so guided meditation yeah. where someone's basically talking you through like what you should be doing so they'll be silent for maybe a minute but then they'll be like oh and then bring your attention back because you'll have wandered and not realized but now i've got yeah. to a stage where when i meditate i have no guided uh, no guide i can literally meditate for 30 minutes 40 minutes maximum 40 minutes a minute i can't do any more than 40 but i'm doing it unguided and i can control that if that makes sense yeah. Thing is, I think as well, people tend to be put off by um, mindfulness and meditation because they make an assumption that if you're doing it, you've got to do it for long periods of time. And actually, yeah, yeah. there's been a lot of studies that show a person's um, ability to cope with stress during the day, a person's ability to deal with, um, you know, kind of trauma and stuff. Actually, just doing 10 minutes of mindfulness mm-hmm. in the morning yeah. has a really significant effect on them throughout the day. So Absolutely. in the mornings, I do 10 minutes of um, meditation. That's what I do. If you shouldn't you know, 10 minutes now before we started. People will assume that I, you know, sit for hours on a cushion, you know, all chilled out. And, and actually that's not productive because I will probably then end up just going off into my head. I, you know, I time myself for 10 minutes. And the thing is, I've been doing it for five, six years now. So I know what 10 minutes looks like for me. Mm. You know, I don't have to sit looking at a clock or a watch or anything. I know when 10 minutes is up. Um, and, and then I will, you know, I'll do the same in the evening, but then throughout the day, I will have moments where I connect mindfully. So like the morning we, um, a really good one actually that I'll share with people today, which was probably one of the first exercises I did that I was taught. Um, and it's kind of breath related. So a way of connecting to the breath was, um, basically an activity that we do so much throughout the day and you won't realize how much you do it. So getting up off of a chair or getting mm-hmm. up off of a sofa, you know, for those people that work in offices, you know, all day you'll be up and down, going to get coffee, going to the printer, going to the loo, whatever. Um, and a lot of people, when they get up, they get up on their in-breath and they won't realise that. So when I practice this with people, I'll say to them, right, I just want you to stand up off your chair. So for those that are listening right now, you know, just stand up off your chair. 
and you will notice that you get up on your in breaths. So Dan, let's have a go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. yeah. So it's quite a forward momentum, isn't it? It yeah. happens quite quickly. Um, and there's that sense of being pulled almost right. What's next? What am yeah. I going to do now? So what I ask people to do then is to just take a breath in and out, but to get up then on their out breath. So have a go at that. Just see what that feels like. It's a lot more. Oh, <laughs> as I was talking in my microphone, um, <laughs> it's a lot more. It's a lot more smooth emotion. It slower. is, isn't it? Yeah. Slower, smooth emotion. And that's kind of a quality that we want to bring into mindfulness is, you know, and this is so relevant right now in the world. You know, everybody's talking about, oh, wow, isn't it amazing how we've slowed down? You know, birds. now is... talking about the birds. Yeah, now is a great time to be really practicing some of these techniques, you know, so that when we return to some form of a new normality, you can try this out. Because my worry is that people will have slowed down right now because they've had to, because the government said slow down. Um, and then they're just going to go back to living their fast-paced, chaotic lives again. So, you know, these little snippets and techniques are great things you can be practicing now to take forward into your life and, mm. and to continue with. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that I, you know, every time I get up, I remember to get up on my out-breath. Of course I don't. I'm a human again. Um, but it's having that awareness again, having that awareness. Sometimes I'll just catch myself. If I'm a bit in my head, I'll be like, right, okay, next time I get up, I'm getting up on my out breath. And there's such a different quality to that movement. I think that's the biggest thing, like, as you said, against that awareness. And again, everything we're talking about here with this, like obviously I, I think I've said on the very first podcast, like Scott's massively further down the journey than I am. Like I've been meditating, I say solidly, like every day, every morning for about a year and a half. And it's for me, as we're talking about then, sort of like linking it back, I'm doing it first thing in the morning for me, when I talk about my morning routines, that for me is critical. So I say to people in the morning, you can be active or reactive. So for me, like you can be reactive today. So like proactive or reactive. So you can be reactive today. You can get up and then life will hit you. You check your phone and your partner will say something straight away. You're in a, like a reactive state, you're like reacting to what's going on around you. Whereas actually if you're proactive, you can just take that time. Even if it is just, even if it's just five minutes, or just five minutes. And again, it could be, I say to people, like even if you're on the toilet in the morning, just actually almost meditate on the toilet. Cause again, no one's going to disturb you there. But again, just use that to like actually have a mini sort of meditation if you need to. Then all it does for me is it just calms me down. It puts me into a place of, right, I'm now good. Let's just crack on with the day. So it allows me to sort of get centered and control because I used to be very, I say aggressive. I was never like angry, like aggressive, like beating people up. But I used to have such a rage inside me and I, I could never describe it. And I spoke to one of my clients who was actually a mental health nurse. Um, she asked me when, um, about my depression. She said, how did it feel? Like, because which I'm like going back and forth about it. She said, have you ever actually spoke about how you felt? I was like, not really. But the way I described it was like this, I still, I still find it hard to describe it now, like this burning rage of anger and fire and misery within inside me. And I can't describe it in any other way. Like it's just misery. But I'd always had that anyway. Just like I'd constantly get angry. Someone would say something I didn't like, I'd snap. Like road rage, whatever it was, I'd constantly be aggressive. And anyone who knows me now probably thinks, what, like I can't really imagine that. But that's what it was like. I was literally walking around in this, angered state for no reason and again i'm very well aware that now if i don't take control of what i'm doing that could very easily go back into that state and i notice if i don't meditate for a few days i'll be a little bit more snappy because again i'm inside my own head so 
my natural default is coming back in again of just snapping and reacting was actually just in the morning, just like five minutes. Well, I do every 10 minutes I do just 10 minutes in the morning. It's like, right, just sort of just be grounded, just be calm. Then it allows me to go on to my day and it just grounds me, as you said, not grounding in the literal sense on the ground, but for me mentally, it just sort of puts me in a place of calm so that I'm then in control of my thoughts. And that's why I take the cold showers in the morning. Everyone laughs at me for taking cold showers. But for me, it's just like anything I can do, just take control of my brain again, like me being in control rather than my, um, my, my, my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My um, subconscious, like these, these things that, again, I don't want to feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's about asking yourself, you know, the morning is a great time to practice this because it's about asking yourself what, what quality of human being do I want to bring to the world today? Yeah, so, who do I want to be? Who do um, I want to be? I used to be somebody that launched out of bed and don't get me wrong. I've, I'm, I'm very energetic in the morning, so I've got lots of energy, but I really practice now getting out of my bed. So physically getting out of my bed in a really slow way, you know, our adrenaline response is already high in the morning because it's what helps us to wake up. Mm-hmm. So it's about not playing ball with that, you know, actually helping everything just to come back into that moment. So actually for me, you know, the way that I, lift my legs out of the bed is much slower. The way that I rise from the bed is much slower. The walk I take from my bedroom to the bathroom is slower. You know, it's almost a mindful walk towards that. You know, the choices I make in a morning will impact on who I am that day. Mm. So, you know, the choices to sit in meditation rather than sitting and watching Pierce Morgan, for instance, that brings a different quality of scarlet to the day. Mm-hmm. I am much calmer and in a better frame of mind than if I was to sit and watch Pierce Morgan or any type of news in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I made that decision probably about four years ago to stop it. I mean, you know, for me in the morning, it was part of my routine, watch the news, have breakfast. Yeah, um, have a, have a now, coffee, watch the news, yeah, yeah. None of that, none of that comes even into my, you know, I touch base with the headlines in the day because I'd be you know, pretty ignorant if I didn't. But I don't need to get involved with all of the hullabaloo and my mind go off with that. So that, that mindfulness, that sense of quality of who, who you want to be, quality of mind that you want to bring. And I use that word a lot with people, that quality, texture, you know, what texture of human are you today? Mm. Is there that roughness to you? And when you talk about anger, there's like a prickliness, isn't there, with mm. that texture? Mm. And you know, I think somebody that... just touches in, oh, ow. Yeah, I, the, I think there's a massive, massive thing with who do you want to be today. So again, when I'm journaling in the morning, I again do some like sort of diary, my journaling and stuff like that in the morning. And uh, one of the questions I ask myself is, um, what kind of person do I want to be today? So when you said that, that's a massive thing. And again, just asking yourself that question. And normally for me, it's like I want to be inspiring people. Like I want to be the best version of me. And that's what I say to people: I want people to be the best versions of them. And my mission over the last year and a half is to be the best version of me. Like, and again, as we said before, like again, I I, I still have bad days. I make it very clear to people, like even if I do meditate, sometimes meditation does fuck all for me. Literally will do fuck all. But it is what it is. I can't do anything about that. That doesn't mean I'm then going to sack it off. But like I said, I have a lot better days now. Like if I have a bad day, it may be two days. Whereas before, literally it's spiraled into like weeks. So for me, like the power of meditation is actually, right, if things, if I'm going a bit wayward, can I just bring myself back in again? And again, just doing it every single morning is so, so powerful. And then again, I normally do it before I go to bed as well because it helps me just unwind. If people before they go to bed are struggling, because again, they can't turn their brains off, like they use that term, I can't turn my brain off. It's normally because again, they're, they're trying to force it. So the brain won't turn off, they're focusing on it more, so the brain will think more. Whereas actually, if you can just sit and let your brain do its thing, but you're just observing what it's doing, 
you might actually find you'll go to bed in a lot calmer, a lot calmer place because you've put yourself in control of your thoughts rather than try to like rush around with like a net trying to catch them all because you're never going to catch them all and just keep popping up again. It's like playing that whack-a-mole. Like it won't work. Yeah. Actually, if you just sit back and observe it. I think what's really interesting though is that tendency to to go into the judgmental mind again though. I mean, when you just said then like meditation at times does nothing for me, it's kind mm. of externalizing it. Mm. You know, meditation isn't what's going wrong. It's, no, it's yeah, us, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, 100%. 100%. So when we have, I have bad sits sometimes. And I don't even want to call it bad. I just have sits. Mm. So sits on my cushion where sometimes I can get off my cushion and think, ah, that was a really pleasant experience. Mm. I can experience the joy in it. I'm not attaching to that going, oh, I've had a really good sit. So that means now I need to have really good sits forever because I've nailed it today. It's about letting go of that moment. So yeah, experience the joy of it. Mm. I had a really pleasant meditation this morning. But each time you come to it, come to it with that beginner's mind again. Mm. So you're not, you know, I'm never, ever an expert. You know, even Buddhist monks that are sat, you know, on mountaintops for years practicing this for, you know, 50 odd years, they are never the expert because what it, what it asks of you is to come each time with a beginner's mind and that openness to the experience of it. Because mm. there will be times where I sit on my cushion and I can feel that that texture of mine's getting frustrated again because my thoughts are really Frustra- busy. Yes, really- that's it. That's the one. That's the, that, that's it. For, yes, yes, the frustration of it. And I think that you've literally, again, you made me realize this now, like from the obvious I almost put too much um, pressure, I think, on myself yeah. sometimes. Like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that, that, that tension, that prickliness. I'm feeling that, right, meditation is going to solve my problems. But it's not going meditation to- doesn't start when you sit on the cushion mm. and take breath. Yeah. Meditation starts on how you come to that cushion. Yeah. So for me, you know, Ooh, when I'm I, oh see, I love that. When I practice this, it's about the journey I take towards that cushion. So for instance, at the moment my cushion is in my living room because I've been doing some practice with people online as well. So um, my cushion's in the middle of my living room and there's a walk towards that cushion. Now I can walk towards that cushion with an expectation of, right, I want to have a really good sit today and I want this to be really calm and I, you know, I want my mind to be quiet. Nah, uh, uh. that is not the quality of mind to come to the cushion with. The quality of mind is to let go of all expectation. I am just coming to the cushion today and whatever that experience is like is absolutely fine. I, you know, do you know what? I, do, I think I'm doing that thing about chasing the dragon. Jokes, I've had some yeah. fucking epic, epic like meditations. It's every time I have got that expectation, and honestly, like for me, like that is what you've just said there. I've that is that's a key take home for me because I think I do go to it with sometimes the expectation of right. Yeah. I cannot wait to feel this amazing high again. But actually, if I went to it more of like a right, start. Let's let's just go. Yeah. Let's see, see what it brings today. I'll share with you actually a really profound experience for me with um, meditation. So this is not anything to do with a cushion. Yeah. Um, and happened for me in a really interesting place where I've never experienced it before. So last year, just before Christmas, I went to Jamaica um, yes. for two yep. weeks. And one of the things I said I wanted to do whilst I was there was slow down a bit, because normally when I go away, it's like a massive adventure and I'm doing this, that and the other. And I said whilst I was there, I do a few things, but I just slow down. So I wanted to spend a lot of time um, on the beach because I'm a real sea and beach lover. I love being... Um, with, with the sand. I love being in the ocean. Um, and I've always historically been a little bit 
I guess, scared of the sea because of the fact it can be so powerful. Um, so I spent a lot of time just kind of really mindfully engaging with the sea. So being really present in the water, feeling the movement in the water, and rather than going into it with fear, as I've said before in previous podcasts, going into it with love. Mm. So, you know, love for the ocean, love for myself, love for the experience. And what I found was I started moving with the water because there's a, there's a tendency if we become a bit fearful in water to start fighting against it. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit like the kind of the quicksand metaphor, you know, if you want to get out of quicksand, you've got to get, you've got to stay still. Mm -hmm. But the, the motion we bring to that is to start flapping and, and go crazy in it. So I know that I can do that sometimes in, in the ocean. So I swam quite far out this day and I surprised myself because normally I'd be a bit more fearful of that, but I, I was coming at it from a place of love. So I swam out quite far. I was safe, you know, I wasn't out, you know, where people couldn't reach me or anything, but I really started integrating with the water and I started swimming with the tide and I was in a really mindful place. I was really present um, I kept bringing my mind back if it did start to wander into the what if, you know, what if a wave comes? I mean, there was waves coming, but I was, again, looking at them with, with love, really. Mm -hmm. and, and wow, isn't this experience wonderful? And I must have been in there, I don't know, half an hour. And I started to experience, and it was a real profound, I, I don't think I've ever reached that sitting on a cushion before. But me and the water became one. And I know people listening to this are going to think, what on earth is she on about? <laughs> but I genuinely, genuinely experienced this sense that me and the water were not separate. We were connected. I was in such flow with the water. And that's kind of a quality of mind again, that flow in our lives, that when we come to things with a really mindful quality, you know, we're in flow with that. We're not resisting it. We're not attaching to it. And that experience that day in the water lasted for, you know, however long it lasted, a period of time. And I came out the water and I could feel my mind going, oh, I really enjoyed that. I want it again. I want it again. Mm -hmm. I want to come to that again tomorrow. And I want that same experience. And I remember having a chat with myself as I walked back up the beach going, you need to let that go, Scarlett. Mm -hmm. So just like when you've had a, a difficult sit on the cushion, you know, let that go. But also when you've had a great mindfulness experience or a meditation, let that go as well. Mm. Because otherwise you come to it expecting it again. So I can remember the following day walking down the beach to go and swim in the sea again and having to go, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. However it was yesterday is not going to be how it is today. And, and surefire, it wasn't. It wasn't mm. the same. Um, you know, I still had a lovely swim, but I just didn't experience it in the same way. So that, that was really profound for me that I've never had that sense of being so integrated into something before. Yeah, I think that's that's with that. It's um, when you get something like that, like the because what's the the, the saying? Uh, we're con we're basically consciousness having a human experience. So actually, yes, when you're when yeah. when you when you are meditating, like to get yourself in that, it sounds bizarre. I think people that have never had that experience before will think we're nuts talking about it. But when you actually experience getting into this meditative state because meditation has been around for thousands of years, like literally thousands and thousands of years. And this is the thing with it now. Science is starting to back it up. It's one of the things where it's been going on, but now science is backing up how it actually works. 
like the fact that it does work and why it works and how it works and the fact that we yeah. are such energy like we are more energy than anything else so actually if you can actually channel that energy like they're actually proving this now with all these scientific mechanisms they've got like the power and the forces that radiate off you when you are meditating and so we saw this like this will say to people that the power of it is real like whether people believe it or not whether people think we're nuts or not whether people turn off by now or not is it's completely irrelevant like i if you said this to me five years ago that i'd been meditating every morning and evening i'd probably thought you're absolutely fucking nuts but once you actually experience it and you realize, because again, there's a guy on my uh, Instagram and he's trying to get him on the podcast if he lives in uh, Australia now, but he was a proper bodybuilder, like high-end bodybuilder. And he's now turned his life completely around. He's now a, a yogi, like a full-on yogi. Like he's completely unrecognizable. And it's one of the things where he's clearly seen the power of it. And that's it. I don't want to go to that sort of level. Like I'm not trying to become like a yogi or anything, but just actually having that awareness of like, been present in the moment and realizing that we are more than our physical bodies and when you actually yeah. experience the power of the conscious mind like, it's absolutely bizarre so as you said about the whole thing with the waves like i've never had an experience like that but i've had it where i'm meditating and i feel like i'm not in my body like i literally feel like i'm in space like it's absolutely bizarre like you completely just lose sight of and feeling of everything it's like you're literally just floating obviously not levitating I'm not got that level yet <laughs> not into that jedi master level yet but it's like it's just absolutely nuts and for me it's such a powerful thing but for for people who've never meditated before so let's say people like this is all well and good like this sounds amazing like what bits of advice would you say to people that just want to start out meditating what's the first bit of advice because what i normally say to people is either go and do a mindfulness course is my first bit of advice or i tell people to download headspace because Headspace is like beginner introduction things I find are absolutely brilliant. Like for me personally, like I think it's excellent. But what would you recommend? How do you, how, so people listen to this other now, they're like, right, that's great, but where do I start? I mean, Headspace is an app that I have recommended to clients in the past that, um, you know, are wanting to start getting into that. I mean, people I've worked with have, I guess, the option of doing it with me. So, you know, I, I will do it in my in my work with clients. But um, for them to practice it outside of sessions, I will often recommend Headspace as a as a starting point. Um, you know, it's something to build upon. Really, it gives you those kind of foundations for um, making it a commitment. Because I think that's something people struggle with. Mm-hmm. So, something I will say to people to start with is, if you're doing this, do it. Be committed to it. So, don't do it for a day and then think, oh no, it wasn't that good. I'll leave it you know, come back to me in maybe a couple of months time and tell me it's not working for you. You've got to do it every day, I'd say. Absolutely. It's a commitment and you will, you know, it's like anything in life. If you want to learn an instrument, if you want to speak a language, you know, whatever it is you want to learn, you've got to put your effort into it. And that, I suppose, is really important as well in terms of for people wanting to get into this is that it does require an effort from us. You know, again, there's there's some um, confusion, I guess, now with how fashionable mindfulness has become as well. And I think it's mm. important to acknowledge that, that in the Western world, it's become a bit of a buzzword. Oh, I'm doing my mindfulness and I'm, you know, doing my meditation. And, and that's great. But it's it's about coming to it with an effort of, no, I'm, I'm if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Mm. Um, you know, recognizing that it is going to be challenging at times, particularly when you first start out and your mind is not used to being brought back. I often use the analogy of when you first um, get a puppy and you take it out on the lead and it just wants to be off sniffing everything, investigating everything, going off, 
the only way it learns how to walk beside you is by you bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the mind is kind of similar. It's a training, you know, train when you first get into mindfulness, you're training your mind to come back. So if people sit there for the first time doing, I don't know, I will say to people, just do two minutes, you know, two minutes is enough for you to experience how much your mind wants to go off. Mm-hmm. And people will say, yeah, I was constantly bringing it back. You know, I was going, right, focus on my Well, maybe breathing. they weren't even, maybe they weren't even bringing it back. Maybe they did the whole two minutes and literally the first time they did it, they did just in their own heads. So I know that's happened sometimes. Like they're literally not aware at all. Well, I think, I mean, like when I've done it with people, they're, they're aware of coming back because I'm guiding them. Mm. But, you know, they're just conscious of how much I can keep saying, come back to your breath or whatever anchor I'm using for them. Um, but their mind just wants to wander because that is the natural texture and flavor of our minds. It just wants to investigate things. It wants to, and it's that need to be in control that we've all got very used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of mindfulness is almost suspending that word control, you know, to become open, to become aware is letting go of that need to be in control. You're cultivating a new mindset. You're not trying to grasp at being in control in life because that's, you know, we're learning that massively at the moment. This whole concept of being in control is an absolute myth. Mm. You know, you can think you're in control and then life will come and say to you, no, you're not. It's all an illusion. Yeah. So even with mindfulness, you know, not bringing the word control into it, just suspending that and surrendering to that moment. I mean, that's a word I really love to use in mindfulness is surrendering to that moment, mm-hmm. just being available to it and whatever it, it wants to tell you. I mean, for some people they can become quite emotional when they meditate or do mindfulness because they're creating a space and a silence in the mind for them to connect to their body. And, and our bodies are our kind of storage containers for mm-hmm. all our emotions and traumas and things that we've experienced i'm so glad you said that because i i can't remember where i read it where i saw it i can't can't think but basically it's coming from a place of uh i think you know i'm sure something on instagram because the pages i follow are actually brilliant and basically it was saying um that in like if you're in the sea the rocky sea and you try to throw a stone in you're not gonna see the ripples it makes and that's basically when the mind's just going crazy and you're trying to come up with like these these ideas or it's like profound things but actually if you try and get the water as still as possible then throw the stone in you can see the ripples basically what I was saying was actually when you're meditating and you're mindful you're actually creating space for your subconscious to actually help help you solve problems you've got in your life and I've come up yeah. with so many amazing solutions to stuff I didn't even realize I had just for meditating not during the meditation but during afterwards because I've sort of calmed the sea a little bit like I've had a bit of awareness I've sort of stepped back a little bit it's given me that this almost space and just ideas have popped into my head. I'd be walking and this idea will pop up. I'm like, where the fuck has that come from? It's an amazing idea and I've implemented it and it's been amazing for my business or I've messaged someone to do something and and I'm like, where on earth has that come from? But it's actually just because I've been able to sit down and just be like, right, I'm just going to just chill out now and let's just see what's going on. And then just, it creates that space and that gap. And the big thing I want to say, before I forget, because I know what I'm like, um, again, I always talk about that Tichney hand. For me, one of the best things that I've, um, one of the biggest things I took away from meditation is that you are you. Like when you're sat there meditating, that is really, you are you being with you. And it's like, if you can actually be comfortable in that state, you can always be home. And I love that. So I said, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what's going on around you, if you can just close your eyes and be with yourself, then you'll always be home because you are ultimately home. Like how you are 
is home. And for me, it's just nuts. And you're really saying that when someone meditate, I'll be like, you are home. You are home. And it's just such a warm feeling to know that you've got that relationship with yourself. Well, you are inhabiting you. Yeah. You know, everything else is just matter, isn't it? But, Absolutely. But this sense of being is, is within us. And, and yeah, if you can come back to you and be comfortable in being with you, I mean, I get that all the time. I spend loads of time on my own and people are just like, you're not bored. Are you not lonely? And no, I'm, I'm really, you know, it's been through my, my practice that I am so content on my own. Mm. Um, I can be with people, but I can equally be on my own and, and be very happy in my own company. Mm. I think it's that's a key time. skill. Mm. I think it's a key yeah, skill just to be okay being you. Like you're okay. Yeah. You, you don't need anyone, anything. You, you, you're cool with just you. Like you, you are enough. That's the key thing we talk about the belief system. Like you are enough. I'm enough. Actually being comfortable with that phrase, I'm enough, actually on a physical level while you're meditating. And it creates much healthier relationships. You know, you aren't dependent um, upon somebody else to feel okay. And, you know, I see that a lot that, that you know, often relationships get built upon a need rather than a, mm. um, a sense of equality and, and um, you know, how can we benefit one another? It's more about fulfilling a need that's not, that we can't fulfill within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, being mindful being in a in a better relationship with yourself and creating a better relationship with yourself ultimately leads to creating better relationships out there you know whether that's a work colleague or a loved one or a family member um you know but it it just it takes practice and and one of the things i think i would also say to people is permission so because Mm -hmm. we're talking about making a commitment to this there's something about giving yourself that permission because people will say to me all the time, I haven't got time. I've got too many responsibilities. I've got too many things to do. You will notice that when you give yourself that permission, just for 10 minutes in the morning, five minutes in the morning, whatever that is to start with, um, you will experience that you feel you have more time. And I, I am challenged about that all the time. What? That makes no sense. How, how will I feel I've got more time? My only advice is do it. Yeah, just do it and, and again, then tell me another thing I see on Instagram again on the little post like anyone that says they don't have time to meditate they're the ones that need to meditate oh no what's this? people are saying they don't have five don't have time to meditate for five minutes they're the ones that need to meditate for ten because yes, actually then yeah. again it, again, just put, again it allows you to slow down again people going back to what I think we originally started this whole podcast episode with like people are busy but they're busy mm-hmm. being busy they're not yeah. being productive they're not actually doing anything they just don't want to be in their own mind so they're busy creating things doing things so they don't actually they're, they're avoiding themselves if that makes sense so they're, they're like oh yeah i'm so busy so busy and actually break it down they're not really that busy they're just doing things to avoid being with themselves so actually if they yeah. can get used to being with themselves they'll find out that they're not as busy as they thought but they can be in a lot calmer place and again with all the stress levels of everyday life i think people now are starting to realize like how stressful their lives are because we're stuck in isolation so we're kind of like everything's slowed down a bit yes people are stressed for other reasons but i mean how busy people we can't be busy like we used to be people will probably get a sense of bloody hell like i'm actually enjoying this moment of slowing down but actually you can enjoy that every day if you just allow yourself that time to meditate and just bring your brain to a place of calm and again again that awareness so again for me the awareness is like i'm back in control like I'm back in control. I know where, where we're going. And again, you can wake up in the morning and, and feel a bit crappy. But again, at least I'm aware of my thoughts. At least I know I'm aware of where my head's going. So I'm then aware of it so that I'm more 
like on it if that makes sense yeah and and i suppose as well it's it's bringing that non-expectation to it as well mm-hmm. and I've, i know i've said this already but really surrendering that you know for people that are listening right now and thinking oh i don't know you know i'm not sure about this just have a go let go of those expectations open the window blow them out with the breeze close the window again and come back to it so with that then I think we should start doing a little bit of a uh, mindfulness practice. How about we start off with just doing like a five-minute one? So, well, say start off, let's just do a five-minute practice. Because I said originally, let's do 10 minutes. But actually, I think, Joe, for people that are beginners have never done this before, I think yeah. a five-minutes guided meditation would be very sort of like useful and helpful. So let's actually set it up. So let's say people at home right now and they're preparing for this meditation. What would you say about how they've got to sit? Because again, some people think they've got to sit cross-legged. Now, I don't sit cross-legged. I said this to you before. I, I, I kneel on a cushion, so I can't sit cross-legged. I kneel on a cushion. But people can also do this sitting on a chair, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, let's take all the, you know, the expectations away from it. You know, this is for the people that this is their first time, just go and find somewhere quiet to sit in the house. I tend to say to people, don't go and lie on your bed because you might fall asleep. um, And that's not what we want to be achieving here. So just a quiet place in the house, a chair, sit on the floor, you know, wherever you're comfortable, really. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'd say for us to start. So how should I be sat? So I'm sat in my chair. Let's say I'm sat in my chair. How is there any specific position? Can people think you've got like, put their arms in their hands in a weird position? Or is it literally like how would you suggest I sit? Well, we're used to probably sitting with our tension a lot of the time. So we sit in certain positions where, you know, we're productive. So it might be shoulders are up, you know, by our ears. So what I'm just gonna say to people is just melt into whatever you're sitting into, melt into it. So what we're doing is we're letting go initially of any tension that's being held. So particularly for people, you know, it's mostly in the shoulders, in the back, um, you know, the neck, the jawline, just starting to let some of that go and just start initially to connect to the breath. So if you want, Dan, you, yep, you kind of right, go yeah, with right, this. Yeah, right. Let's, yeah, let, let's start from now. I'll keep an eye on the time. Yeah. Don't worry. Right, let, let's, start from, let's start from now. You can take me through meditation. So I'll, okay. I'll do what you tell me today. Okay, so just beginning by bringing your gaze to the ground or closing your eyes, whatever you feel comfortable with. Some people don't like to close their eyes, so just lowering your gaze. And we're just going to start by connecting to the breath. So just being aware, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as you're breathing, and becoming aware of your breath. Just becoming aware of slowing down the pace of that breath. So not forcing the breath in and not rushing the breath out. Taking your time, giving yourself this permission now to find ease in the body through just becoming aware of your breathing. And as you're doing this, you'll notice that the mind will want to wander. And I want you to bring no judgment to that, just to simply give yourself permission to come back to the breath. 
So each time the mind wants to wander into what's next, what's later, what's already happened. Just to bring the breath into your awareness. And as you're breathing in through the nose, maybe just suspend that need to breathe out just for a couple of seconds. And as you release the breath, releasing it fully. Imagining all that air leaving the abdomen, the chest, the lungs. And just suspending for that moment in the out breath before you breathe in again. And just bring in some bodily awareness now into this practice. So becoming aware of your physical body, how it's placed. Notice the contact the body is making with the chair or the floor, wherever it is that you are. Just becoming aware of the contact the body's making. And notice whether you're holding yourself in a position. And generally, if we're holding ourselves in a position, there might be some tension there. So I'm just going to invite you now to let go of that tension. And a nice way of doing this is imagining a light source that's warm, like the sun coming in through the window. Imagining that, melting away that tension. We're just allowing the heat and the light to melt any tension in the shoulders, down the arms, in the neck, in the jawline. Even just being aware of any tension in the face, around the eyes, in the cheeks. Just allowing the jaw to drop and be loose. Imagining giving yourself space in the armpits. Imagine an openness there, allowing the arms just to hang. They might be hanging down by your side. They might be resting on your lap. Just feeling for a looseness in the body. Giving yourself this time to come back to your body, back to the breath. And again, just being consciously aware of the mind at times wanting to wander, wanting to plan, 
and just asking you to observe that without judgment, just simply noticing the curious mind, not a critical mind. And keeping attention to the breath and not being distracted by sounds, but being aware of them. So wherever it is that you're sat now, just being aware of sounds that might be going on around you, but not being distracted by them. Not going off into the mind to investigate them. It might be that you can hear the birds, like the sounds outside, traffic. We don't need the conditions to be silent, to be mindful. The conditions are in our mind, not external to us. So before we finish, I'm just going to ask you now to take three big, deep breaths. Again, in through the nose and just pause and out through the mouth. And just bringing your attention back into the moment. Gently and peacefully. Well, that was awesome. All right, Dan. Very relaxed there. Halfway through, I got a bloody itch in my eye. I just wanted to try not to get distracted by it. And that's really interesting because in our practice, if we get a, a sensation, it's about not responding to it. Mm. I've actually learned through my practice that itches go away all by themselves. Absolutely. And I learned that. And I'm good with it. I had one on my nose and had someone else, but the one on my eye, I was, I was like, it, it's fucking hurting. But apart from that, I was like, I, 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 oh, what? I'm sure, I, I always think about this all the time. I can't remember, I, I need to keep track of where I read things um, about when it comes to like, itches and stuff like that. Like we're basically trained to basically just scratch them. But actually, you don't need to. They'll go away on their own. Like actually, you can just be with it and it will go away. Like you don't have to scratch that itch. I have to about scratching that itch. You don't have to scratch the itch. You're okay. Here's a mindfulness practice for you. You just said, um, I need to start writing down where I read things. Mm. Next time you read something that really blows your mind, the tendency will be the mind will go, whoa, and it'll get all fast about it because it'll be like, oh, I like that, I like it, is a mindful breath when you read it and you'll mm. retain it. Oh, I'll do that. Honestly, I feel so, that, that's the second meditation I've done today and I feel brilliant. Like, honestly, so I hope that the, if that was the first time you've ever meditated, hopefully you've got some glimpse of the benefits of it so like i said the, the key thing for me is uh, again unless you're gonna get yourself on a mindfulness course or something like that you can get guided meditations on youtube which are free but for me headspace because again as uh, scott mentioned it's about the uh, accountability and what headspace actually does is it tells you how many minutes you've meditated for and it gives you a run streak so people don't like to break the chain and once you've started and you see you've done it for four days in a row you don't want to break that cycle so for me headspace is absolutely awesome because it tells you the total time you've meditated for which is like an amazing thing and it basically 
gives you achievements for the longer you do it, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, again, this has been a very, very, very in-depth podcast and it's been absolutely awesome. Um, so thank you again, Scarlett. But where can people, again, find out more about you uh, on social media and your website? So, I mean, yeah, and if anybody wants to ask any questions or wants any kind of um, guidance really around mindfulness, then um, I've got um, an Instagram account, so Thrive Therapies and Coaching. Um, I've also got my Facebook page, so it's, it's called Scarlet Therapies and Coaching on Facebook. Um, I don't know why, but it is. Um, and then my website is www.thrive-therapist.com. Awesome. So again, um, like, we're still like this, like, I'll have everything in the show notes, so we'll be there, so you can click on it and, and find her. Uh, but again, it, it, so like this, it, it's so valuable, and hopefully, um, again, hearing us too uh, talking about it today, especially like going a little bit more detail, like hopefully you see the benefits of it. Um, so again, thank you very much, Scarlett. Uh, again, uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. Uh, if you've, enjoyed, I feel like I feel like I'm not on this planet at the minute. I feel like I've not quite come out of the meditative state. I feel completely chilled. So that's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, and if you've taken value from this, again, please share it with a friend, spread the love, uh, spread the positivity. Uh, follow me on social media. My private one is Daniel underscore James underscore fitness. Uh, and again, the Prime Life Project is the Prime Life Project official. And the website is Prime Life Project. Bloody hell. Prime Life Project. <laughs> FamilyProject.co.uk. Forgetting what my own company's called. Um, so again, to find out more about what me and my team are up to. But again, Scarlett, thank you very much. Uh, and until next hey, time, guys. You. Until next time, guys. Take it easy.